0: he's been putting in work for so long putting a lot of work what's going on guys welcome back to putting in work episode 86 of the interview podcast on the 8-bit collective powered by audio technica i'm john opeck and this week scott low naughty dog the big guns all right but first we got a quick itunes review of the week this one comes from jakey jocks who says 10 out of 10 best i've ever seen nice short and sharp thanks jakey jocks if you want to leave an iTunes review, it really helps the show, helps the algorithms, helps get the word out there. So that's the best way that you can be my friend. Now, Scott Lowe, former tech editor at IGN and The Verge. He had a short stint at Activision. He is now the senior communications manager at Naughty Dog. For those who don't know, for some reason, Naughty Dog is one of the biggest video game studios. They've put out some of the best-selling games of the past 20 years, including Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, all the Uncharted games, and one of my favorite games of all time, The Last of Us, and they're hard at work at the upcoming The Last of Us Part 2. So that in itself is enough reason to talk to Scott, because any insight you can get into Naughty Dog is always going to be super interesting. But knowing Scott has a background at IGN and Activision and how he got there makes it that much more fascinating. He's kind of got both sides of the industry to talk about and to speak to. So Scott's someone who isn't incredibly public-facing. He has some videos and some podcasts he's appeared on in the past in his work at IGN, but it was mostly behind the scenes or mostly written in reviews and that kind of thing. But to see how he came from an intern with no experience or qualifications to become what he is now at Naughty Dog doing some really awesome stuff for that studio is pretty inspiring. So I think that you'll get a lot from this interview. Here he is, Scott Lowe. Enjoy the show. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. It's awesome to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's exciting to uh, be here and be able to chat with you. I know you've talked with a number of my good friends, so I'm in good company.
0: Yes, very, very good company and company that just keeps getting better and better as I go. Scott, let's first of all start with what your duties are at Naughty Dog, and then we'll go into kind of the journey that took you On that path to get there so communications and social media is that kind of a part of your role or what is what's the things that people might not know about
1: uh yeah so i my title is senior communications manager and i'm part of a very small but uh scrappy team within the studio that handles a wide array of things uh basically anything i guess the simplest explanation is we're kind of the conduit between PlayStation and the studio, and the studio and the public. Um, so, it, whether it's social media, the Naughty Dog social channels, or coordinating with PlayStation in terms of like marketing and PR and other social media activities, like uh, if it's public and it has to do with the games, uh, it goes through our group.
0: So, is there a whole lot of communication between. Uh, Naughty Dog and PlayStation that you have to manage internally as well and that's kind of working with producers or is that a different group of people? Uh,
1: So our group touches actually a lot uh, of different uh, groups both internally internally or externally so uh, on the internal side we work with the designers and the creative leads and various disciplines uh, on a variety of projects whether it's like public speaking engagements like uh, when somebody does a gdc talk or a a dice panel that sort of thing and then on the playstation side we uh coordinate on literally everything so if it's like an upcoming sale of the game or stuff like um you know bigger trailer reveals or events like e3 like all we're, we're involved in every step of that so um down to like small logistical details but also like the strategy behind it as well
0: Hmm. cool all right so your background is one that's pretty interesting even without naughty dog i think because of kind of the trajectory that it took to get you there did you go to college or take internships to get your foot in the door into the world of i guess uh the media
1: yeah yeah so (laughs) my journey started with uh an internship listing for IGN out of their, at the time, their Culver Studio office. Uh, I was living in LA at the time. I had just moved from Florida. I was going to a community college. Um, I don't know what the equivalent terminology would be for uh, Australia, if if not community college. We know Uh, what it is. uh, We've seen community. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was uh, going to school, kind of working to transfer to a a state school in in California. And I saw this listing on uh, IGN's website, and I immediately became obsessed with applying for that. And uh, at the time, the the company was owned by Fox Interactive Entertainment, so uh, I applied through the Fox website, and I kind of spammed the the recruiter that was listed on the contact (laughs) page. And, And I'm sure, in retrospect, she was probably like, who is this person? Like, cause it, Fox is such a big company, right? Like, she probably didn't even really know a ton about like IGN, just like or this job. So I was just spamming her, uh, and finally got a response and got an interview. And so, yeah, I guess long-winded story short, started as an intern um, for the entertainment division. So IGN's kind of broken up into gr- two groups, like entertainment and games, but they like communicate all the time. And so, entertainment was at the time like movies, TV anime. I think they had an anime channel at the time, and I think they're now starting get back into anime, uh, uh, comics, and then uh, what was then at the time known as gear, so like hardware and peripherals and stuff. So I started as an intern there, worked my way up through freelance, uh, got an editor position, and I was there all told I think about seven years. Um, Hmm. So like it was really kind of just doing... Whatever it is they wanted me to do uh, in that early intern and freelance stage, it was like, you know, I don't, like, there was I think one, t- one point uh, Chris Carl, who was running the entertainment division at the time, was like, while well, I was an intern, and he was like, hey, do you like anime? And I was like, I don't know anything about anime. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> well, would you be interested in covering Anime Expo? And I was like, sure, I'll figure it out. And thankfully I had, uh, my partner at the time was, Very savvy into anime, so like she came with me and was kind of like my like uh, guide to the world of anime. So
0: (laughs) that would be a scary place, I (laughs) imagine. Without (laughs) knowing, I I
1: learned I learned a ton, uh, but it was uh, it was a very different time. But it was like yeah, so basically, uh, just by doing anything and uh, taking any opportunity that they gave me, uh, I slowly worked up from internship to editorial or full on uh, full time editor. Hmm.
0: And so was The Verge before IGN? So, uh,
1: so I was at IGN for about five years throughout that whole process. And then I wanted to try something new. And uh, some colleagues that had been part of companies that IGN had acquired during my time there uh, had started Polygon. And they were like, well, The Verge is looking for somebody who like knows tech and games. Uh, would you be interested in chatting with them? And I was like, I thought it was kind of an interesting opportunity because at, Ver- at the time, The Verge was very like new. Mm. It was like I think they had only been around for a year, a couple of years at that point. Uh, so started chatting with them, and I was really kind of excited by the prospect of um, working in kind of more of a startup environment because it was very much like kind of like a startup at the time. It was a really small team, but they had a lot of momentum and a lot of uh, enthusiasm. So decided to kind of take on a new challenge. Went there, realized that like that deep into tech media was probably not where my heart lied because I was always, like even though I did a lot of hardware and technology stuff at IGN I was always kind of helping out on games coverage or very passionate about games so I ultimately decided it wasn't really a good fit at that time um I guess IGN was kind of going through a transition and they were looking for uh to kind of go back to doing like bigger hardware stuff so um, it just, the timelines worked out where I was just like, you know, maybe not quite feeling, um, like that was the right path for me that IGN came knocking and it was there any interest in coming back and I played it cool. I was like, yeah, like I, it could be, <laughs> it could be all right. I could be interested in that. So went back, uh, and then stayed there for another two or so years.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I guess like a lot of people probably do get other opportunities while they're at a place like IGN and realize whether it yet yeah, it is what they want to do or maybe it's not and sounds like for you that kind of brought you back to games in a, a really big way because you've been there ever since not at IGN but in the world of games
1: yeah I think it's like this very like Hallmark card kind of uh you know inspirational <laughs> quote but I think it's like this idea that you don't really know what you like or dislike until you kind of experience hmm. it like um
0: and if you love something, set it free. <laughs>
1: right, right, exactly. And I think, you know, every time you kind of go through a bad experience, you learn from it. And I'm not saying the experience at uh, The Verge was bad. I actually really learned a ton. I have so much respect for that team. And, like, mm. I, I am a much more effective, like, organized individual in my work and the way that I work because of everything they taught me. I think it was just so much that, like, I don't think my heart was in it uh in the same way that it was for games uh, or even like peripherally related mm-hmm. to games. So, um so yeah, it wasn't a, uh, it's not that it was a bad experience, it was just it was a really educational experience across the board and I think um it's shown me that there the games industry is home to me. Uh that you know, it's like it's where I effectively grew up because I was, you know, 19 when I started at IGN uh, mm. and I stayed there until I was, you know, in my late twenties. So I think it just really illustrated that games, the games industry is something really special and, it, and something that resonates with me personally and something I wanted to be a part of.
0: Sure. So what do you think it was that initially got you into the internship at IGN? Because I imagine if it's anything like it is now, there would have been like dozens, if not hundreds of people really keen to get that title.
1: Uh <laughs> I think it was honestly as as miserable as it must have been for that recruiter uh probably just persistence I think yeah. I uh I think it was at a time when you know the internet was obviously ubiquitous but I don't think like social media was at a point where like it was really easy to get broad awareness for a role like that so I think I was probably you know Probably one of many people who applied, but probably not if you compare it to like current terms, where if you like lasted out an internship on Twitter from the iGen account, it would be like mm-hmm. thousands of people applying. Like, uh, Or maybe that's a, uh, hyperbolic, but even, like, you know, a <laughs> significantly higher number of people. A lot. So I, think it, <laughs> so I think I was probably one of the few people who noticed it because they didn't really promote it all that much. And I think it was also just like sheer persistence. I was emailing her like every week. Uh, and it took forever because it was like, you know, as I've learned, as I've grown up and been in in jobs, it's not like someone's just waiting and constantly reviewing this stuff. Like it's like mm-hmm. a series of trying to schedule time with people to get review candidates and that sort of thing. So I think um, I think it was just sheer persistence. Uh, it, Lord knows it wasn't because. I was like, I had my stuff together when I came in to interview because I ended up being uh, super late. (laughs) I ended up showing up, I think like 45 minutes late uh, because I was also new to Los Angeles and new to like how traffic works. So (laughs) I thought like, hey, if I leave like an hour early, I'll have plenty of time. Uh, And then uh, of course that was not not the case. Um, So I ended up being (laughs) super late and like like Chris uh, Carl, who was by the the leader of that group at the time was like super understanding. He's like, he's like, he didn't even notice. He was just like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Like, come on, let's chat. <laughs> and like, I was like, I was like having a heart attack, freaking out. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm so late. I've totally botched this whole thing. Um, so yeah, that whole experience was really illuminating. And uh, I, I would say like, it's, it's definitely like, uh, like a lot of like persistence and hard work, but also I think I got lucky just uh, to be at the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And, I know from past guests on this show that I've talked to, like getting to IGN is awesome. But then, especially in that period that you were there, it seems like there was, it wasn't uncommon for people to get made redundant or lose their job because of cutbacks and that kind of thing with different owners taking over or different systems or management styles. So how was it that you went from intern to tech editor and what do you think it was about your work ethic that made you valuable to that company?
1: Um, you know, I think like any company that grows as fast as IGN did, like, uh, it, it, it goes through evolution and, um, you know, the strategy and business changes a lot. Like at the time, like it was actually really like at various stages of my time there, like, like it's sometimes like the business of media is, is in a really rough place. Like, um, video was still kind of coming up as like a, a new avenue to like, not only create content but also monetize it. So I think um it was more reflective of the industry as a whole and how like kind of
0: mm-hmm. media
1: was figuring itself out um than it was anything specific to IGN. I think the in terms of uh kind of how I was able to kind of continue to kind of a assert value through that time um was really kind of kind of scrappy. Like it was it was me um and a very modest freelance budget, and it was uh, you know making as much content with as like kind of modest resources as I could, um, and also kind of the specialization of the role, like you know covering tech and hardware, but also being kind of game savvy, um, is a little challenging. And I think one thing that you know I, I really enjoyed about talking about tech within the context of IGN was this opportunity to kind of humanize technology in relatable human terms, um, like to, that appeals specifically to people who like games. So, um, sure. you know, a lot of tech, there's a lot of, there's now a much more broad array of the types of tech and hard work like coverage you see. There's like, you know, the non-techs who are like, They'll tell you about every Hertz and every bit of every processor, and like they have like a million like uh, uh, benchmarks, and it's fascinating to dig through all of that. and then you have like now the verge has kind of become much more cultural and like kind of like here is here's how technology helps humanity live and evolve, and I think that's really exciting. So I think at the time it was like how do, what this idea of like how do we make tech accessible and interesting to gaming audiences? Sure.
0: So, when did you know it was time to move on from IGN? Because that's always a big thing for people that leave there. I think that it's either obvious or they have to take a really big leap of faith that what they're jumping into, kind of like you did with The Verge, is something that they're confident it's a step up, not just a step sideways or whatever it is, or just a a huge risk, I guess. So, going into the world of like game development, I think you did it, was it Activision that you first left for?
1: Yeah, Yeah. sorry. So,. to your first question, I think in terms of what prompted me to want to take this these leaps, I think you know, going back to this idea that I kind of grew up at IGN. I started there when I was 19. I left school to to pursue it and never went back. I've not, I've not actually been back to school. It's like something in the back of my head. I'm always like, should I? Then I'm like, when would I have the time? Um, but I think after a while, the thing that really started to creep into my head was like, okay, I I started here when I knew nothing about anything. Like, I was basically, like, I was, you know, a a teenager, didn't really know a lot about the world and um, the industry. And I think as I kind of grew older and gained more experience and developed more relationships, I think the thing that kept kind of striking striking me was, like, this fear of, like, oh, can I do anything else? Like, am I good at anything else? Am I, like, appealing to uh other companies and can my skills be applied in in new ways so i think um the first step was kind of testing myself with the verge and that was like like i said like a super rigorous startup t- type of type of environment and that really um you know challenged me in ways that i you know hadn't been before in terms of just sort of like speed and accuracy and organization and coordination like the Verge operates on a 24 hour news cycle. They have teams in Japan and San Francisco and New York, like and it's it's like always at the time it was very much about like let's make sure that we are the the, the bleeding edge in, of news and uh coverage of the tech world. So that taught me a lot. And I think, you know, when I went back to IGN, it was again kind of going back to games and wanting to be part of that industry again. And then I think when the opportunity arrived with Activision, I think what I was really excited about was the prospect of seeing what the other side of the business was like you know what is what does it take to make a game? what does it take to publish a game um, and that was really exciting to me, and I was a big fan of like activision's games like it was super into destiny, it was uh, a long time like into call of duty like the opportunity to kind of help support those games and learn how they're made and work with the teams that make them was super exciting
0: hmm. What was the transition like for you to get into a company like that after being an editorial or a media outlet to go onto the other side and see how things worked over there?
1: It was actually kind of like shockingly natural. Like obviously there was a lot to learn about how any company works whenever you switch jobs. But I think the other thing that was really shocking or surprising to me was how a lot of that skill set, a lot of that understanding of how to communicate ideas and, um, you know, games and technology and uh, any number of topics to a kind of a mass audience made it really easy, or not really easy, but um, really fluid and natural to kind of transition into a communications role at like a big publisher like that. So to like be able to understand what the audience is looking for and how to speak to them in a way that's understandable and relatable and um interesting like that those are all skills that you develop in media that i think translate really nicely to jobs like the one that i had at activision and now the one i have at naughty dog
0: hmm. and so naughty dog itself what was the process there was it just that that it's naughty dog and that that was enough reason to leave activision or was there something about activision that you wanted to get out of
1: no i actually really enjoyed my time at activision the people there are incredible um you know they're they're the best at what they do. Everyone around you is like super skilled, and they have a ton of experience. And you learn from each other, and uh, it's like such a an incredible mechanism that, that that organization in terms of like how they all work together and how they coordinate these massive global launches of games, and uh, you know, with studios of hundreds of people and multiple studios working on the same game, like it's 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 incredible how they how they organize all of that. And it was interesting to spectate, and then. I saw the opportunity open up at Naughty Dog and I mean I've like it's like my favorite studio in the world <laughs> like I at the time like or he still is like you know like, like the last of us was my favorite game I played all of the uncharteds like I had such an immense reverence for this team that like I saw the opportunity and I had known uh, Arnie Meyer, the uh, director of communications here, for several years, like we'd our paths across periodically throughout uh, Mm -hmm. my career, and I just sort of like hit him up. I was like, "Hey, like you know, saw you guys were looking for somebody. Would you be down to chat? Be interested to hear what you guys are looking for?" Because at the time, I wasn't really sure what, how they operate or what the team was looking for in this role, and if it would be a good fit for me. Um, And like I said, I was like super happy at Activision. It was like kind of just sort of like a hey. This seems like it could be a cool thing. Let's let's chat. And so I spoke with Arnie and we 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 kinda talked about some of his vision of um where the team was going from the communication standpoint and like some of the like kind of the, the what they were specifically looking for at the role at the time. And um I, it just was like a series of like, oh, let's continue this conversation. Unfortunately for me, uh after so I formally applied, but uh It was right around the time the team was preparing to launch Uncharted Four, so I applied, and then I I didn't hear back for a while. And then I I was starting, and again, I was like, I was in no huge rush. I was like, still working at Activision. I was having a great time, and like, uh, then uh, right after, right around the time they shipped Uncharted Four, I got a call from the recruiter saying, like, hey, you know. Sorry for the long wait. Like the team, would, we'd love to have you come in and chat with the team. And it was literally the week of my wedding, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh my god, I desperately want to come talk with you guys, but I am about to have my wedding and be gone, like be like totally unavailable for a week, and then I'm going on my honeymoon. So I'll be con- like, can you guys wait a month? <laughs> and like, surprisingly, they like the recruiter was like, oh yeah, no problem. Like, yeah, just uh, just hit us up when you get back. And I was like. And in the back of my head, I was like, God, I hope this job isn't gone by the time I get back. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, But at the same time, I was like thrilled and happy, like, you know, because it was such an incredible moment in my life and my wife is yeah. amazing.
0: It's kind of cool when those big life changes line up though, as yeah. well. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, so then like I got back, oh, I tried to marathon as much of Uncharted 4 as I could uh, before uh, the wedding and then because I was so like desperate I was like I want to finish this game just personally but I also just didn't I wanted to come in knowing what the team had just released and and Hmm. kind of having an opportunity to kind of speak to it and I at the time didn't realize how long that and big that game was I was like oh yeah I'm like I'm so close I'm gonna be able to like finish it no problem and then like it quickly became a Karen is like I'm not gonna be able to finish this before I go in and uh so yeah I got back from uh, my honeymoon the team set some time to meet with the team and then uh I came in and yeah I spoke with a variety of different people
0: getting that job like you said that were one of your favorite studios if not your favorite it must be pretty surreal to walk into those doors on day one and look around at all the people that have Created these masterpieces time after time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was. I mean, even just going to visit for the the interviews, it was like seriously one of the most uh, surreal experiences. Like, I, obviously, I'd worked with studios and visited a lot of studios at uh, IGN and more specifically at Activision. Like, I traveled to all the different studios and worked with them pretty frequently. Um, but just the experience of being in a studio was always my favorite part of those things. Just kind of seeing how things were made. Um, and particularly coming into Naughty Dog and seeing, you know, the, the studio has like, it's one of the oldest in the industry, like, you know, it's 30, 30 plus years of history. Um, and you see it, like you see it in the, like, uh, you know, props that are in the display cases and the awards that are in the cases. Like you see how you, there's like a very visible and tangible manifestation of that history and that legacy and that, uh, lineage that, you know, is when you're coming in, interviewing, and you know, potentially getting a uh, looking for a job there. Like it's really kind of overwhelming. You're like, oh wow, this is like, it's a lot to live up to.
0: Hmm. I can imagine. And like, I guess it's been uh, two years now. Yeah. So, what in your experience with other publishers and developers is the key difference between what Naughty Dog does and how they operate as a company, as a business, compared to those others?
1: you know naughty dog is really fascinating because of the way the studio works like it's it's so collaborative and and i think this is true of any studio to be honest it's just everyone has a different process i think you know what i'm fascinated by naughty dog is is everyone is just kind of on top of their own work like everyone is is like a, like just leading whatever it is they're doing and you know there's a lot of collaboration but there is so much kind of opportunity to really put yourself into various aspects of the game or or the, what you work on within the studio so you know for me it was a really cool opportunity to kind of be able to kind of just come in and say we should do this and people just be like yeah that sounds good let's go do that like and it's and it's the kind of free flowing creativity and limited number of barriers between hey i have this cool idea and making it a reality is there's very few it's just you know if you've got the time and you've got the energy and the the vision for it you can just make stuff happen which is um you know i've in my experience with other studios is true um but i think it's it at least being personally involved in naughty dog i think it's it's one of the biggest strengths of this studio
0: mm. yeah it's interesting and like I work at, a, at a, like a health organization, a hospital doing marketing and communications and people are always saying like, why does a hospital need marketing? And I imagine a lot of people, whether they say it to you or not, are probably thinking like, why does Naughty Dog, the like one of the biggest companies in games, need to promote their games that always sell like millions of copies? <laughs> <laughs> like, like how much hard work is really involved in making sure that people know about the next The Last of Us or like the next Uncharted or whatever it is.
1: Well, I guess, I guess, uh, I kind of want to hear the answer to, that you give people. What do What do you tell people when when they ask why Why does a hospital need marketing or communications?
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess it's for us. It's about brand awareness, recognition, all the internal communications that people don't know about, and keeping the public informed about multiple levels of health literacy or about the people and the stories that are happening in here. The like public awareness campaigns for health like there's a lot of things like that that wouldn't apply to to games but i can imagine that some of the answers would be similar for you too
1: yeah i think the games in the same way that what your hospital and health organization does is like they do kind of sell themselves in to a degree but i think um you know there is a lot of additional steps as you know to like really kind of making that making people aware and making your organization recognizable and and keeping it top of mind. I think, um, you know, one of the interesting things about Naughty Dog, or the way the way I kind of think about it is, like Naughty Dog has this tremendous recognition within games. But I, you know, there's I always kind of assume operate on the assumption that whenever I'm working on something, it's like, how does the what does this say to somebody who may not know what Naughty Dog is? How do we make this like? understandable and accessible to people who may not know what it is because um i think a fatal mistake for any company is to assume that you know people know exact like everything you've been doing and you know who you are and and what you've done in the past like i think it's it's i mean factually just not true like i think most of the time yeah. i like not everybody yeah. knows in fact you'd be like shocked like people you know don't follow things as, you know, aggressively as you think, um, you know, people need to be reminded, people need to be kind of informed. And so I think, um, you know, in addition to kind of continuing to support and grow the people who know and love Naughty Dog and follow it like every day, part of it is, is like, how do we bring new people into the fold? How do people, because I think, you know, one of the things that's that I love so much about Naughty Dog games is that they are these kind of super immersive and cinematic experiences that are, I think captivating to people who may not necessarily like games or like be that immersed in games. Uh, you know, I hear tons of stories when I meet with people and, and go to events and people talk about their experience playing the games and they talk about like, yeah, I hadn't really played a lot of games before or like I, I you know, I didn't play these style of games, but there's something about the storytelling and the, and the nature of the world that like uh, really drew me to it. And I think That to me is some of the, like in addition to really supporting the fans and the people who love and breathe or live and breathe Naughty Dog is also like, how do we get the people who like, this is the first game they've ever played and they have to Mm -hmm. play it because they're so captivated by the idea of the story. Like, I think that's, that's to me, like one of the biggest roles of, or you know, one of the biggest parts of the job is kind of like, how do we, How do we grow how do we continue to evolve um what people think naughty dog is and and bring more people into this incredible industry that we're in
0: um yeah no that's good like as you're talking it had me thinking like yeah there's a bunch of like 30 whatever year old dudes like us who have grown up with naughty dog but then you've got all these 15 year old kids and 20 year olds that just got into games or whatever it might be who they might have heard of uncharted or the last of us but they have no idea who made it and they might not have any you know, brand recognition and there's always opportunities to, to reach those people. Uh, and even casual gamers, because I know people who play Uncharted and The Last of Us and maybe they, the only other games they play are like Call of Duty and Madden every year or FIFA. And they're, I guess you'd call them casual gamers, but they know like when a Naughty Dog game comes out, that's going to be something worth playing. And how did they know that? I guess it's because you guys are doing your job really well.
1: <laughs> well, I think, you know, obviously, the, like, <laughs> the game does a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Like, you know, the, the trailers, the yeah. demos, like, the, it it says so much about what we're making. And and I think there's there's all of that. But, you know, just even just bringing those to life and the process of, you know, some of the, like, even just, like, the most minute, like, uh, logistical details of, like, you know, like, internal reviews and, like, esrb and all that stuff there's like a lot of like you know stuff that has to go in that uh, falls under our purview like in terms of like getting Uh those assets out into the world and, and and sharing them with people there's a lot of just hard work and time that goes into just simply getting the trailer out there and then there's all the stuff on top of it which is like you know how do we get people still like to continue talking about the game and you know thinking about it um you know through like something as simple as like Social content and kind of continuing the long tail of like you know after like you know a big event like E3 like how do we get people still thinking about that you know the demo and like what they saw and like um, kind of revealing new information to them that sort of thing like there's there's all these like elements to all this these different pieces that go into what. I think on a superficial level, you'll see is as just like, oh, they just released a trailer. But there's like so much more than that <laughs> that goes into it. Yeah. Um. You know, whether it's like kind of just the process of getting it out there, but also just how do we continue to support it and you know get people get people more and more people to see it.
0: Mm. And so you came in there just after Uncharted 4, which at that time it was probably the biggest game of the year and just going gamebusters. So that must have been pretty wild to walk in and have that all have happened just before you got there
1: yeah well it was it was interesting because it was kind of like a quiet period a lot of people took vacations um because mm. uh, apart from know, the marketing really, team uh, yeah <laughs> yeah the marketing team never sleeps uh <laughs> uh and and so it was actually kind of interesting because i came in i was like when i took when i accepted the job or they offered me the job and i was like yeah of course um uh i assumed somewhat foolishly that it would be a great time to come in because it would be super quiet. It would be like the game was out, you know, there's some multiplayer content Mm -hmm. planned, but it would be a good way to like kind of learn the ropes of the studio and kind of get my footing. And then I got there and I was of course all under like NDA and stuff. And it was like, okay, now we're going to make, now we're going to announce two games in December at PSX. So it would be like Lost Legacy and Last of Us Part Two. And so I was immediately like, I'm like, that that illusion I had that it would be like kind of a quiet time was quickly washed away as I was like, oh, I, we're immediately getting into planning for this this these these upcoming games. So I think, uh, yeah, it was it was. There was definitely an element of like it was kind of like a calmer period to join, but there was also this kind of like really exciting thing on the horizon of like, okay, we're gonna do um, you know, a a standalone story game for Uncharted with Lost Legacy. And then we're going to go, we're going to announce the sequel to my favorite game of all time. Like, I was like, that's a lot, like, you know, I don't think there was as much pressure put on me as, as much as I put on myself. I was like, I need to, like, I need to work on this and it needs to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to like do everything I can like to, to be involved with this. So, um, yeah, so it was a kind of a really interesting time to come in because it was not at all quiet like okay. I was assuming it would be.
0: And I guess the Lost Legacy turned out to be much bigger than probably most people were expecting. In the fact that it was standalone and a very like substantial narrative and story in and of itself. So, what was it like as that your first big release with Naughty Dog?
1: It was awesome. Like I, I, I'm really proud of that game and and um, you know what the team accomplished with it. I think. Uh, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of actually interesting watching the process unfold because, like, it, you know, we talk about how in interviews and stuff, like, and when we were promoting the game last year, like, how like the intent was originally to do something like Left Behind, um, uh, yeah. and and do kind of like a story chapter that adds on to Uncharted Four, but I think when you look at Uncharted Four and what it was, it was like, oh wait, like. You can't really add to that without kind of taking away from what kind of made it special which was like how kind of perfect of a bow it was on the end with uh you know with uh drake and uh you know elena and uh, cassie so i think um the team had to then think about okay what is a standalone story and then it was realized oh like well you can't just make like a couple hours story chapter for like a separate story so then it just kind of ballooned into well now we just gotta make the game <laughs> so it <we laughs> became like uh you know a, a pretty uh sizable undertaking but i think the because of how quickly the team works and that's another thing that i find super fascinating about the studio is like how quickly the team iterates like uh, you know things go from looking like you know wireframes to like these beautifully arted up worlds in like mm-hmm. record time like it's it's spectacular how fast they work and so i think yeah that game truly was created in a year and i think you know uh, a lot of that is because of the technology and the skill of the people working here and and, you know i i I had a blast playing it and i had a blast working on it it, and i hope i don't know did you have a chance to play it did you like it
0: oh yeah i loved it i couldn't believe the environments in that game for what you mentioned like making it in a year It's like these aren't just generic back alleys and forests like from the ground up the ruins and everything were just yeah amazing to me for something that was produced so quickly yeah
1: well the the, the team also like kind of you know push these ideas of like a more kind of uh robust kind of open environment with like the hub that's in there mm. um and you know being able to do different activities in any order and contextual narrative like as as you progress like there was a lot of like new ideas that you know the team put in that within the time constraints like is like really impressive like they were able to like uh, pull together um and not only just do like like a like maintain parity with Nintendo terms of features and innovations but like uh, like add stuff as well uh so yeah i uh we just passed the 1 year anniversary and it and it feels crazy that it's flown by that fast it was like it felt like just yesterday that we were like announcing that game let alone shipping it
0: yeah it's crazy, and I guess speaking of announcing games, the last of us part two must have just been like the most wild thing that you could ever be a part of like the amount of hype that's been around that game on and off as we've been near conventions and announcements and all the speculation about what it's gonna be what's it been like to be part of that beast?
1: I mean personally, it's so incredible like i like I said like I, part one was my favorite game of all time and and I think the opportunity to well first of all the knowledge and and that you know a part two was happening and and the opportunity to work on it was just super or you know, continue working on it is is awesome I think also the kind of the passion from people outside of the studio is also super inspiring like anytime I am like just kind of fried and like I'm like struggling to kind of come up with ideas or like I'm um, just having a bad day, whatever the case may be. Like I look at the reaction videos to like the reveal of the game or uh, the E3 demo and it just gets me so excited because people are so invested in this world and these characters. Um, So to be able to play a small, super small role and helping make that game come to life and, 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 um, you know helping you know communicate to the world i think is um you know honestly one of the most exciting chapters of my life uh like it just in my career just like this is seriously like some days it almost feels like dreamlike so yeah like a, <laughs> uh, not to be like super sappy but yeah it's uh yeah it's it's super it's a super great opportunity to work on this and then also just work with these people like there's so many talented people here like and, and to learn from them and like Figure out how they work, how they do the things they do um, is just super exciting. And in addition to just all the work that I'm doing, like just simply learning and observing is so
0: cool. Yeah. What would you say has been like the, or what would you say is the biggest challenge of working on this game at the moment?
1: Not being able to talk about it more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I think we're, you know, the, the, having so many cool things um that you want to talk about and things that you know people are going to be excited about but you know not like it not being the right time or um you know stuff uh you know having to wait for any variety of reasons i think you know is 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 the hardest part like you know like i think you know that is always and it was the case even before i got to night like we're going to activision stuff and like um you know those projects like you, you would learn about something you'd be like oh man this is so exciting I'm, people are gonna love this and you're like oh wait I can't say anything about it <laughs> like, so it's like because you know there's still so much of me that is such like a passionate fan in and of myself like yeah. like I, I get ex- I hear about stuff and I'm so excited and I'm like oh wait I can't like I can't share this with anyone <laughs> like, so I can't share in this feeling uh, aside from everyone at the studio which is awesome because they're all as excited as I
0: am so. Yeah that's funny. It it's yeah. like blink twice if it's coming out next year. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say in your career has been the hardest part of getting to the point where you're at now? You've been a naughty dog for 2 years, seem to love it there, and uh it, it was obviously a long journey to get there. So what what's been like the the biggest grind to get there?
1: I think I think the journey of like figuring out what you want is is the hardest thing of any person's life and anyone's career really. It's just sort of like what is it that like will be the thing that makes you happy and like be excited to go to work every day? And and you know I I'm fortunate in that I had that in so many of the jobs I held, um, you know, and the positions and the people I worked with. Like I, it's really fortunate that like I every day for each one of those companies was really exciting. But I think the hardest part for anyone is to just sort of figure out what do I want to do. Who do, where do I want to do it? Who like who do I want to work with? Like, those are all things that are like really challenging because like it is going back to that very first sentiment, is like, you know, you don't really know until you try. Like, and there's so much you don't know about things that you think you know about. Like the things I thought I knew about game publishing and game development, like, you know, probably a fraction of it was accurate. Like, you know, there is so much you learn about how these things happen and and you know what it takes to make them happen that i think you know you learn a lot and i think depending on what you're looking for and that like that'll teach you a lot about where what kind of role you want to be in and what kind of company you want to work at um and so i think that's that that's ultimately the hard part for
0: pretty much any of us Mm, interesting and so what would be your advice to people who want to do what you're doing at the moment um, I think the, the biggest
1: thing is, you know, be, well, if you're just starting out, be persistent. Cause that worked out for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think it's, it's probably still true today. Um, you know, I think continue challenging yourself and trying new things and, and learning new skills. Like, um, you know, one thing I've been thinking, like thinking a lot about is like, you know, um, I'm kind of, ignorant to a lot of like video production like from a like editing perspective like like I want to learn premiere like because that seems like a really good skill to have like and even though I'm like you know it's I, I wouldn't apply it to anything that I'm doing now or presumably in the future like it's just sort of like you always have to be like thinking about like what new skills can I learn? What new experiences can I have and I think experience is such a big part of it. Like you you have to go out and you have to like you know just figure out what you want and what you can do, I think, you know, one of the biggest ex- examples of that was like, I mentioned earlier that at the time, IGN wasn't really super video savvy. Um, and when I got hired full time as an editor, they're like, how do you feel about being on camera? And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't feel good about that at all. Like, I'm like, I, I don't, I wanted to be a, a journalist. I wanted to be a writer. Like I, I had no on camera experience, um, And so that was a really uncomfortable thing because I was like, I was super shy, I was super like, uh, you know, introverted, like, and I had such a passion for writing. I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do on camera work. That's really, that's really scary. And so like, I eventually just kept through realizing that it was where kind of IGN was headed in terms of emphasis on video. Obviously, writing is still a huge part of what they do. um, But video was increasingly becoming more of uh, the focus. So it was like, how do I get better at this? Because, uh, as I think you've you've met and spoken with Greg before, but like he loves to pull out some of my like earliest <laughs> posting videos sometimes and like text them to me or, or tweet them at me to remind me of where I came from because like, <laughs> cause it's like it's painful. Like I was like just locked up on on camera. I couldn't couldn't do it. I was super super quiet and like 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 monotone. And it's just sort of like you gotta that was an example of, like, you just got to push yourself to do things that aren't necessarily, you know, second nature sure. to you. Like, you got to kind of have to, like, figure it out.
0: There's no shortage of stuff you can pull up to send Greg if you need to get back at him. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, thankfully, he has a long history of, 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 uh, of questionable yeah. content. Yep.
0: <laughs> and college photos as well. They're out there. They're yeah. out there. The blue hair.
1: Shirtless Spider-Man and... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so Scott, the last question that I ask everyone is: sure. if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do?
1: Oof. Uh, professionally or just experience? Let's go. Let's per- go with both. Like,
0: However you want to answer it.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I'd be okay with failing, but eventually, I would love to be able to yeah. write a game. Like, it's not it's not at all something I'm I'm like. Planning for, or aiming towards, but like, I've always had this idea at the back of my head. Like, wouldn't it be cool to write a game someday? And even if I failed, that'd be okay. Or even if it was just something that I did on my own, in, in like Unity or like uh, learned like uh, like a uh, uh, game engine, the open source, and just tried it out on my own and never released it, and it was just like a, something I did on my own. Like that would probably be hmm. really exciting, but also like I'd be totally okay failing <laughs> at. And then I guess personally like uh people keep encouraging me to go skydiving but i refuse so because the f- failure in that case is not really a good a good yeah, end to that story. you're not
0: coming back from that no sir so i said that was the last question but what i really want to know is have you played the last of us part two yes and is it awesome i wish i
1: could say but uh yeah all i could say is like you know know, the team's working super hard and like there's uh you know really excited to be able to show you more of the game um but yeah yeah like there's uh to be surrounded by it is is super cool um but yeah we'll have uh hopefully be able to tell you more sometime in the future
0: yeah i mean from everything we've seen it looks like an amazing step up from uh, previous games. And that's, what, that's something that I love about, I guess, Uncharted and The Last of Us in that they have a similar kind of approach to gameplay, at least, you know, the way that you control your character and that kind of thing. So you can very clearly see an evolution from Uncharted, Uncharted 2, 3, Last of Us, you know, Uncharted 4, Lost Legacy, even in the way that you use narrative in between the uh navigation movements and exploration. And I feel like you can see that not only through that series, but looking at games like God of War that came out this year, like when I played that, I'm like, this is so much heavily influenced by (laughs) the way that story was told in the last of us with the use of not just cutscenes but the uh, conversations that happen in between. And I feel like that was like a huge, I mean, who knows how long they've been working on that game, but I feel like it was a, a continuation from that kind of, getting out of the Jeep and into the Jeep in Uncharted 4. And those conversations would pick up and go from where they left off. So yeah, it's always cool to look and see that, that line go straight through. And I feel like, uh, even from just the small parts we've seen of the last of us Two, we have a lot to be excited about.
1: Yeah. I think one of the most exciting things about games or any like popular, like entertainment medium at the moment is like, everyone's drawing inspiration from everyone all the Mm -hmm. time. Like, you know, the, you know, seeing how films are being uh, kind of manifested and in inspiring aspects of games and other games are inspiring other games like it's all cumulative and we're all learning from each other and like uh getting excited about what others are doing that it's you know it's super cool to see how all of that kind of informs different mediums and different games and different um you know different games inspire us and that sort of thing so it's like it's it's really cool. We're in a really exciting time for games. Like I just played uh, Donut County. I don't know if you had a chance to <laughs> yeah, play Yeah, I haven't like, played,
0: but I've heard about it, yeah.
1: Uh, and I I was just like, after being at PAX all weekend, I was like so inspired by all the indies and stuff that were, were on display. And I swung by the Annapurna booth that I saw uh, Donut County being played. And I was like, you know what? I have to go home and play this game. Um, and so I, I played through it and I was just marveling at like how, Incredible that game is, um just top to bottom, but just like how it's been given. Like we're in a state in the industry where, like you know, something small, a, you know, a very like you know small team of people can create something so incredible and be achieve a level of success and, and visibility and, and awareness that they've that they've been able to achieve with that game, thanks to companies like Annapurna, um, but also just sort of like. Just the idea, like just having like a weird idea and being like, I'm gonna make a game about this. Like that's that's so cool. Like the tools are so readily available, the talent is so widely dispersed that like you know you can anybody can just have a project and make something cool, which is
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. and it's another thing that I love seeing is uh, like when Horizon Zero Dawn came out, Neil was I think he had an interview with the the, the head of Guerrilla and was marveling at like the environmental technology like how do you make it look so good in an open world and obviously like making stuff look really good is a really big thing to a studio like naughty dog where everything's pristine and then seeing people like you and a couple other people tweeting out how excited they are for spider-man and i just kind of assume that all these first party studios are like playing each other's games all the time but it's it's like the the level of excitement is is the same for me as it is for you i feel like
1: yeah, I was actually saying this to some someone the other day. One of the coolest things about switching over to publishing and development is like without having to like, you know, keep a critical eye to things or to, you know, have to be kind of thinking about things from a kind of like critique perspective. Mm. Like I I'm allowed I, I feel like I've I've found a way to, I found an opportunity to just be like excited about everything like even if it's like you know the, the if there's certain games where like it, maybe it's not really like the greatest game but there's something about it that's really special and unique like I don't have to worry about the, like any of the detracting element I can just focus on the things that really excite me personally I can just play whatever I can enjoy whatever like it's it's really kind of cool to just be able to be in a position or um you know to be able to just celebrate what other people are doing all the time and i think that you know that can be possible when you're in games media too it's just sort of like when you're in kind of that like you kind of have to maintain impartiality like Mm. whereas like now i could just be excited for everything and it's awesome like (laughs) i could just like just gush and be excited about everything um and uh yeah you know i think the within the studio structure like i've noticed in games in general not even just worldwide studios like within playstation like just games industry in general like developers from other studios even competing studios are like talking all the time like they like there's such a like community of developers that are like sharing ideas and like talking about what they're doing like um and sharing knowledge like that is it's really like interesting to watch um you know across the industry but then within worldwide studios within playstation like there's such collaboration too like you know people are sharing technology they're talking about like or sharing ideas and stuff like that all the time like um so it's it's cool um and it's also really exciting to watch what you know people ultimately come out with like i was so excited for god of war last year i was like like it was such like an incredible achievement um and like i had so much fun playing it and to be able to like know those guys and be able to like go down because they're right down the street from us they're like 15 minutes away like to be able to like go to that studio and like like visit them grab coffee and lunch and just like talk about how much i love their game was like super cool um so yeah like that that, those are some of my favorite parts of the industry
0: Hmm. scott thanks it's been awesome to have you here and uh really appreciate you taking the time
1: yeah thank you so much uh hopefully uh you don't have a too rough of a day now that you've been up at six in the morning
0: uh it's all uh i guess downhill from here i've got (laughs) spider-man to to get into so yeah uh, you've got a good day out of you for sure exactly (laughs) awesome well thanks Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Lowe, L-O-W-E. If you want to support the show, remember you can leave an iTunes review or pick up some sweet putting in work merchandise over at 8bit.net slash P-I-W. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. And that's also where you can find the rest of the awesome podcast content from the 8-Bit Collective. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.